Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Today, we are going international. <laughs> Not every uh, day do I get guests from out of the U.S., with the exception of a, a group from out of Taiwan once. Um, today, we will be talking to two people from the United Kingdom. That's right, everyone. Great Britain is in the house. Um, <laughs> I have with me today, David and Laura. Please introduce yourselves, guys. Uh, hello, America, uh, from sunny Britain. Uh, I'm Dave. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura. And these two have an exciting story. Um, it's entangled with um, a great love that they have for each other. Um, they're what we call in the United States, they're kind of a bit like moguls. Um, they have a book, they run a store, and they have other ventures that they get into. So I'm not going to hold them up. And once again, it's a treat to have you guys on. I'm going to let both of you two spill into who you are and uh, what you bring to the table. Well, bless you. Um, who are we? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're like an age gap couple. Um, we've got 29 years between us. Um, we've been together now for about two and a quarter years. Uh, we live in the southern England near the coast. Um, I suppose if anyone knows Britain, we're about an hour from Bournemouth. Uh, we're quite rural. Uh, we live in the countryside. Um, in we're a both vegetarians. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I'm a writer. I've written my first book, Everlong, that comes out in February next year. Uh, we run two eBay shops and a Discog store. Um, I don't know if you guys have that in the States, but basically we sell um, things online, vinyls, clothes, anything music memorabilia related. Um, Dave also has his own IGTV series that we've just started doing called Judderbox that airs every on the 25th every single month. And um, yeah, we put up all sorts, don't we, music. We do, we do vinyl shows and chit-chat and story times. Yeah, I'm a vinyl junkie, so... Um... I, I used to DJ, um, not so during COVID, obviously, because there's no clubs open or anything or any parties. They don't like partying over here either at the moment. That's free parties. Um, uh, so, yeah, I collect records. Um, I've been collecting punk records since I was about 10 years old. Um, and I have probably about 5,000 vinyls, which is not a great deal to um, many collectors have a lot more, but um, because I'm not uh, mega rich, <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have to be picky in what I buy and what I choose. Um, and then uh, I might decide to sell it later on or I, I keep it. Um, but yeah, that, that's okay. That's All right. So Dave, let me dive into you real fast. Um, Let's go here with this vinyl music first, and then we'll we'll spin around a little bit uh, with your your, your guys' story um, with these vinyls, these records, forty uh, fives. Yeah, um, they're, they're all sorts. They're forty fives. They're thirty threes. Albums, singles, um, uh, picture discs. Um, yeah, I feel that um, we need to keep the vinyl alive, and and uh, I do believe that. DJs that play on vinyls are getting less and less because of the CD DJ setup. Um, but uh, and, and I, I love playing on decks and and mixing vinyls because it's much harder. <laughs> and, and it's a pure sound, correct? It, 
because when I listen to vinyl, because uh, over here it's a resurgence. Uh, this past uh, sh- holiday shopping season, they brought back a record player. Uh, used to be about $150. that was marked down to $45. I seen it in our department stores. It was just moving out. Like people were just buying them. So I see a resurgence there. But it, as a child, um, I'm 35. I grew up in the, the 80s, 90s. My mother had vinyl. Vinyl was a it is a whole different sound. It doesn't sound as distorted to me as listening to an MP3 um, or even as listening to a cassette. I could tell the difference as a child, a cassette to to vinyl. Uh-huh. So, yeah, um, cassettes are selling pretty well as, at the moment as well. There's a resurgence in cassette tapes. Oh. Um, and the beauty of having vinyls is once a CD is scratched, you can't really play it. Whereas vinyl is pretty hardy and it will still play if there's not too deep a scratch on them. Okay. All right, Laura. They they do have their own sound and it's a unique sound. Yeah. It's a lovely sound. And you never forget that sound. Now, Laura, not to put you on the bench or anything, let's pull you back up real fast. Um, You have a novel. Yes, Everlong. Everlong. So Everlong, please go into detail and tell us about Everlong. So Everlong, of course, is named after the Color and Shape Three Fires classic song. Um, I started writing it about a year and a half ago. Um, It's on the final edit now. Uh, The pre-order link for the book um, will go up in January. It comes out on Valentine's Day next year. I'm super excited about it. So I started writing the book. I always wanted to write a book and I didn't know what about. And then when me and Dave got together, he was like, why don't you write about our love story? And I was like, oh my God, yes, I should totally do that. So I started writing it. And um, the book dives into all sorts. It talks you through like right from the very start when we met, how our families and friends reacted, how we dealt with in-person and online hatred and judgment from others. Um, A lot of online trolling is mentioned, um, how I went through my personal mental health journey, which I must say some um, readers may find it a little bit distressing. Um, I do openly talk about depression, anxiety, and suicide in my book. Um, But it all ends on a happy note of us seeing the Foo Fires um, at the end of the book. Um, It all gets on on a massive high, but it is an emotional roller coaster. But I felt that it was so important to share our story because there are so many other age gap couples like us out there and I feel that some are even afraid to post a photo online I've had a lot of people like that on our Instagram that have messaged me and said you know I wish I had your confidence to post my partner Um, which it's very sad but I felt brave enough we both did to open ourselves up fully and share our story with the world yeah okay now Dave how do you feel about this novel how do you feel about this book like how, how did it feel to have her write this book? And, you know, you're giving input, obviously. How did it feel to, like, have this, you know, this? you're capturing a moment of history and time. How, how do you feel about that? Um, I give her every inspiration that I can um, because she's a brilliant writer and she explains words and sentences um, like magic. Uh, she has a certain style of writing and... Being a, a avid book reader, um, I did notice from the start the way that she describes certain things, situations, very beautifully written. Um, so I'm all for it, and um, I encourage her. Like I said, um, 
yeah, there are a few things in the book that that are quite sexual, and I did sort of <laughs> wonder wonder about if she should leave them in. But I I like you know she she tells it like it is, and I leave it to her and her own devices to to write what she wants in the way that she wants. So I'm all for it. Okay, now this is going to be a question for both y'all guys. All right, in this process of putting this book together, where did y'all hit a, a spotlight? Because, you know, when you're writing something, and this is mainly for you you on this one, Laura, when you're writing something, you hit a block. But what was something that you both just had to stop when you were writing this and just had to, like, breathe, had to go, like, whoo, like, take a breath? Where, where did you get your writer's block when you started writing this? And, Dave, where did you have a point where you said, uh, let's stop for just a moment and rethink this? That's a really, really good question. I think my writer's block started the first time when, again, I was talking about my mental health because it was a very sensitive topic and I didn't know how much I wanted to dive into my own personal journey. I didn't even know if I wanted to share it originally. And I thought, no, if I'm going to write this and it's going to be all real life, I need to dive into it and I need to talk about it and I need to normalize it. So it was like, how do I write this in a way that is not going to be too distressing, but it's going to also enlighten people on the seriousness of mental health. So that for me was, it took me a while to get there, but I got there in the end, but it was definitely a lot of, you know, slow writing. I did a lot of notes and kept going back and forth like you do, but I think that was the major block. Everything else just seemed to flow for me. And I think as well, it was like the style I wanted to go to. Like I did a first draft of the book when I first started um, writing it and it's completely different to the final um, piece, <laughs> which I think that always happens anyway with writers. I think we just bounce around and we just write, but um, it's completely different now. And I just think it's more, it's definitely written more personal. And um, I just feel, again, it's like we're opening up fully. We couldn't be more open on the page, but I feel that we're both brave enough to do that. And yeah, definitely. But yeah, it was the mental health that gave me the block, but we got there. Oh, that's good. And what about you, Dave? What was the part of this book that kind of made you stop for a second and be like, hey, let's rethink this or hey, um, can you edit this or can you put this in there? Um. Like I said, um, once you stop and reflect what you've written um, and it changes again. So sometimes it is good to stop. Maybe you get writer's block for a reason. You know, maybe it is because self-consciously you can write better. So once you read over what you've first written, you know, you say, oh, I actually don't like that. That actually doesn't sound sound right. So maybe maybe a writer's block happens for a reason like i'm saying um there hasn't really been anything that i didn't want her to write because I've, I've just let her write what what she wanted really you know it's free flow and um yeah maybe that i was a bit dubious about putting this there's only like three sort of sexual uh paragraphs in it but they're quite explicit and <laughs> but you know we're all adults and we've all gone through this you know so I didn't I didn't really feel embarrassed that she wrote about you know the first time that we met and the first time that we ended up in bed you know it's like right I wasn't really embarrassed at all okay because usually I mean 
you know, uh, in anything that you read, there's some form of erotica in there somewhere. So I, I could see that being a good selling point. So <laughs> after this novel's finished, it will be uh, coming out in February. And I hope you guys uh, will all stay in touch uh, on that part. Uh, we'll definitely throw a link up. We'll throw up a link for the book and all that stuff. So I would like Thank to swing you. over to your store now. Uh, tell the audience about your store. Because see, here's the cool thing um, about these podcasts, and especially mine. Uh, my podcasts always say it's like this. It's like we're doing a giant commercial to a degree. We have a story, which is the first hour or the first 30 minutes. But there's a part in there that we don't necessarily want to hard sell anything. But um, people are interested in you. You guys are personalities. So could you tell the audience about your store? And when you're telling about the store, can you keep this in mind? I'm in America right now. I'm sitting between two pieces of metal, which is a, a trailer that we call it a hut. Um, and I'm on my computer and, and I w- want to buy something from you guys. I want to know how, how I would find you guys first um, and what you have for sale and what's the most intriguing thing that you have for sale. So Ooh. could you both paint a, paint a picture for me like that? Yeah. Okay, so you can find us on eBay. Um, so my username is Laura Marie with two eyes, and Dave's is David Oliver 2019, which are our personal eBay shops. You can also find our stores on our Linktree account, which is over on our Instagram at lauramarie.davidoliver. Pop us a follow, we love that. Um, you can go over there, find the link, go straight to our eBay shops. We are also on Discogs, Laura Marie and David Oliver on Discogs. So, and we're also on Facebook, on a Facebook page called Jetabox. So overall, I sell a lot of different designer brands. I just, I sell a lot of clothes on there. Um, I haven't listed anything for a while. I need to get and do that. But I normally sell anything from Michelle Keegan, who over in the UK, I don't know if you know her in the States. She is quite a big um, TV personality. She stars in Brassic. She was in Carnation Street. She's quite huge over here. Okay. Um, but yeah, I sell a lot of her brand. I sell a lot of Jack Wills, which again, um, known for being fabulously British, as they say. Um, they also sell a lot of um, different items from jumpers to hiking gear. So I sell some items of that. Um, I sell guest, um, parat, like anything I can get my hands on that I find affordable that I can resell. Um, I always sell them at a bargain price. Um, I always have my offers on. And then also on my profile and as well on Dave's, we sell a lot of music memorabilia. So this could be anything from autograph goods to um, original tour t-shirts from bands, um, vinyl, CDs, cassettes, um, box sets, limited edition items, numbered items. We sell all sorts on both of the stores. And then our Discog shop is all that and more. We open ourselves up completely to all genres of music, CDs, vinyls, cassettes, everything. We have it over on there. And we are all genre friendly so anything from punk to techno we're all there hit, got it but I, I like collecting it and i like keeping it so, so it's really <laughs> difficult it's really difficult to date well should i sell this or not now i love it you know it's like no no i've got to sell it no i love it <laughs> it's like now also um with you guys i am going to have to ask you guys to come back on for a second episode for the simple fact um like i said y'all have so much going on but dave you have something that's special um also about you um, you're, you were around in, in the punk era of uh, rock music. So, you know, Sex Pistols. Um, you were around for so much stuff that, you know, you're actually a historian, you know what I mean? Comes, <laughs> you, you know, not in a rude way, but you're a historian. Um, 
So I guess I'm just going to put one broad question out there. What is your favorite band and what is your favorite experience? Because you were out here in a, in a time that doesn't truly exist anymore in the fashion that it did. Yeah. yeah. So what was your favorite band and what was your favorite experience being out there? Well, I think because I got into music such at such an early age, my mother introduced me to music um, before I was 10, probably about eight. And she bought me a, a classical guitar at start. So okay. I, I tried to learn the classical guitar. And and then she bought me another one, a better one, uh, at the age of 10. But then I discovered the radio. And over here in the UK, we used to have a brilliant radio show by and a DJ called John Peel. And he used to play a lot of punk, a lot of reggae. Um, and I listened to him... When I should have been at sleep uh, at night, I used to switch my radio on underneath my covers and listen to the whole John Peel show. Okay. Um, and he used to go on till midnight and then get up for school the next day, you know. Um, so I learned a lot from John Peel and listening to him. Um, I owe him, like, I, I mean, he's passed away now a few years. Um, he should have been knighted, really, because he gave, he gave um, a lot of... Uh, bands you know a first play on his show um so you know i i used to love like um all sorts of like um re reggae to start with and punk, okay. um uh, the, the ruts um clint eastwood and general saint on green sleeves records which is a, a london reggae company okay company um and um uh, he, he used to play all sorts. Um, so when I eventually got into punk and I started buying punk singles, uh, which was probably around 79, 80, there was an immense amount of brilliant bands coming out around that time. And uh, we used to go down to the youth club. Uh, I don't know if you have youth clubs over there when I was about 12. We do. Um, and um, I was lucky enough because I'd collected so many singles up to that point with my pocket money. Um, I got on to being a DJ at first for the, um, um, the youth club. Um, so um, anyway, uh, there are a lot of good tunes coming out in the UK charts, a lot of good bands. And eventually I, I found um, when I was about 11... I really got into punk and started to meet um, other young punks in, in the little town that I lived in, um, in Dorset, in England. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> suddenly I, I was meeting like the older punks and buying like a lot of their punk clothes off them that they bought from uh, London, you know, on the cheap. Yeah just so I, I could like look like them and then start to spike my hair, you know, and then I got my ears pierced and then I got my nose pierced and, you know, it started from there. Uh, but the music, um, we were lucky because at the youth club there, um, the older punks would buy loads of tickets to see bands and we'd go in the youth club minibus, about 15 of us in this transit van, you know, yeah, and, and we'd go off and we'd see these bands and, the first big band I saw was The Damned, um, and they they became one of my favourite bands, The Damned. Um, 
and I start to collect records and try and get all their records from that age. Um, <clears throat> I mean, obviously the Sex Pistols were in there. Yes. The Stranglers were in there. The Ruts were in there. <clears throat> um, but, you know, I, I used to listen to quite everything. I, I you know, I, I listened to everything. Um, and I suppose, I suppose the Damned have been my favourite band throughout all these years. They're still going and they're still, you know, releasing records, which is brilliant. Um, but I think the first time that I saw the Sex Pistols was years later, you know, because I missed the first generation. I, I right. came into the second generation punk, which was about 79, 80. And the Pistols had split up by then in a, and they'd formed Pill. Public Image Limited, which is another one of my favourite bands with John Lydon and, and Public Image Limited. Um, so, yeah, the first time I saw Pill, funny enough, uh, you know, it was quite quite an eye opener <laughs> um, to see the see the godlike figure of John Lydon up on stage, you know. But um, um, yeah, seeing the Pistols for the first time a lot a long time later because they reformed in '96. Um, and, and was lucky enough to see them in 2002 on a one-off date in uh, Crystal Palace Sports Arena in London. Okay. And there were, there were 26,000 people there, and it was an open-air event. And uh, they had um, six support bands, um, and uh, I got right into the mosh pit, and uh, it, it was it was pretty frightening, but I loved it, you know. I, it was just an amazing experience, you know, and they were, they were really, they played really well that, that night. Okay. So that's I've, that... I've seen, I've seen thousands of punk bands, absolutely thousands, you know, um, I've seen the damned probably about 25 times in, in, in my lifetime. So obviously they are, that is your favorite. Now, Laura, let me ask you a question. Um, you know, Dave is with you. So what enticed you, uh, into the did, did you like the same music as David prior or did you did he entice you into his music as you uh, all evolved in your relationship also basically how we got together was again this will like this will take you there really it'll take you there so I used to be a music agent and promoter for punk um in Plymouth and I had my own business um called Still Hanging Promotions okay. as in you're still drunk like still hanging um <laughs> so yeah I I run that and I did anything from psychobilly rockabilly punk hardcore anything like that I, I was in love with and I went to a record fair in Bristol and um Dave used to be in a Anico band um he's not anymore um that's a long story but um he was in this band and I saw his final single there at a record fair and I purchased it I was just intrigued I liked the way it looks I picked it up you know how it is and I took it home and put it on the turntable my turntable at home okay. and I played it went in the sleeve notes and found Dave's name and uh, I went on to Facebook and added him and uh, I didn't even send him a hello message. I just added him. I was too like nervous to do it. Um, but yeah, that's how we met really. The whole the whole music for me, like I, as well as like loving punk music myself, I'm a huge jazz fan. I really love Tony Bennett. I love Amy Winehouse. Okay. Um, I'm a huge Janet Jackson fan. 
um more so than ever you know she's her music for me like the the punk thing like the first album that I truly truly fell in love with besides Amy's work of course was Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation album okay and okay that, to me like she was like so punk without sounding like like your typical you know punk you know she didn't have that song that um sound that everyone would go oh she's punk but she so was because of her lyrical content and you know state of the world and knowledge they were all that whole album was incredible so and then going into like you know dave's music and like listening to what he listens to as well as like my own love for um because i really love susie and the banjis as well um, you know, anything like that, I was just in love with anyway. So really, it's just made me love music even more is just being with Dave and I'm learning different types of music too from different artists. I also love Jello Biafra. I have to give him a shout because he's okay. an American punk band with the Dead Kennedys. But Jello Biafra is just an amazing guy. Um, I was lucky to get uh, in a punk band, an anarcho punk band when I was uh, 15 in the 80s um and then they we split up in about 86 but then we reformed in 2006 and it's only from about two years ago that I um I, I'm not in the band anymore so that's further 14 years in the band and um was lucky enough to support uh Steve Ignorant of Crass uh and loads of brilliant uh, subhumans there's another anarcho band which are brilliant over here Okay, so, so that, that's wild. So, like, you were actually involved in the music. Oh, yeah. Now, there's one thing that uh, Laura touched on that I need you to touch on, Dave. She started telling your love story. So, so you get this ad on <clears throat> Facebook. And um, what happens from there, Dave? You get, get the ad and... Well, you uh, <laughs> I was pretty taken aback, really, you know, because uh, I checked out her Facebook um, profile and she only had one photo on there. Oh, and, uh, and, it, and it was quite a far away photo. So I was like, even if I zoomed in, it's like, well, I can just about see she, she's really stylish and she had a, a real good style of clothing on her. Um, and I didn't really know much about her, but um, I, yeah, I accepted the friend request. Um, and uh, at that time, we had a gig in Plymouth and uh, it was about two weeks, I think, before the gig. So I sent her a, um, a request to come to the gig, like an invite okay. on, on Facebook um, and uh, hoped that she would say yes. Um, and I think we just we just kicked off from there, really, um, just before the gig and started chatting. All right. So, Laura, when did you uh, figure out that, that Dave was the magic you needed in your life? Because uh, the, the thing here is, uh, you know, in any relationship, uh, because I even I tell my girlfriend this my, myself, there's an intimacy level that you build in the first 20 minutes when you meet someone mm. in person. Yeah. When did you build that intimacy and knew that Dave was the one? Um, we went to this <laughs> this park um, that was just up from, it was in Plymouth, but we met because um, I lived in Tor Point, so you have to catch a ferry to the um, Plymouth side, which is like only like a five, six minute crossing. It's nothing at all. And um, just up, there's a Stoke Village and you can, there's like a park there called Blockhouse Park. And there's another one, there's Devonport Park. And we were in this park together and um, we literally stood in the same spot and we're hugging for about an hour and it was raining. There was people walking past and everything. And we just didn't care. We were just hugging. And that's when I knew. I was like, oh my God. 
it's so like a, like being in a bubble you know like a magical sparkly bubble and like I don't know time <laughs> time stood still it really did it was quite amazing that we stood in the same spot, hugging. Yeah, <laughs> oh, with the I rain mean, and in the, everything. In the pissing rain. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, so let me put a spin on this. So, so let me Americanize this real quick. So, uh, the moment they had here, let's think of Hugh Grant because he'll be he'll be our actor for that. Hugh Grant <laughs> in a park with Elizabeth Hurley. Ooh. Just hugging, basically. So it was a fairy tale moment. It's something that 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 that, that, that like you said, it, it was it was something that it was, was quite magical. Yeah, capturing time. So um, this is the thing that I, that I always wanted to ask someone after this. So what happened the next hour after that? After this was done, when, and, and when I'm asking the next hour, I'm saying, were you two separated and went your own way? Not, not quite. Um, we, I had limited time because it was the, it was the day after the gig, and I okay. met her in the morning at 9.30, and um, I, I basically I had to drive my car back uh, 130. 30 miles 140 Ooh, miles to my home that's about um, a good two and a half hours yeah about two two hours if you drive a little bit quick yeah <laughs> it takes about two two and a quarter hours um back to my house in in dorset um so i had limited time i knew i had to leave at some point um but uh we we, we just made the most of, of the afternoon and okay. um, yeah so so here's my question though that drive what we're going to just pinpoint right on you dave pinpoint directly on you that at that two hour drive home what were you thinking um i was i was hoping because i had a lot of problems with my car on the way down on the saturday um beforehand and uh i literally it 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 my car was like running on three cylinders you know oh no oh yeah and I didn't, I didn't think that uh, me and the drummer at the time were in my car, and we, we went through this horrendous storm, um, and I didn't think my car would get us to Plymouth, but it did. So I was more worried about actually not breaking down because the drummer had gone back with the rest of the band on Saturday night, and I stayed at a mate's place uh, until Sunday morning, and then you know went off to meet Laura. Um, but yeah, I was a bit worried about my car not getting back and being broken down on on the dual carriageway. Um, but yeah, I was I was I was pretty lightheaded. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was quite a weekend, you know. Right. Now, Laura, what about you? you you're um, you, you guys depart from each other. What are you thinking about Dave after you walk away and you're headed back to your normal life? What went through your head? I was firstly so upset leaving him because there was so many distance between us. And I knew because of Dave's like work and I knew the situation, like we both didn't have much money and I knew that we wouldn't be able to see each other a lot. Um, so literally when we first started dating, we used to send each other letters like all the time and would phone all the time. But that, that like day, I was I was really upset. I remember getting on the ferry and I was like crying and I was trying not to cry and like I was upset. And I thought, 
silly like getting all emotional like already like you've only met him <laughs> once and, like again that was like oh I'm getting you know I really really like this man you know I really like him and then I got home and my mum was there and my dad and they were like so how'd it go how'd it go then and they wanted to know everything and I just had to repeat myself <laughs> And then they like straight off the bat were like, oh, when are we going to meet him then? When are we going to meet him? And of course that brought it on to the second time we met up, which was when my parents actually came up to meet Dave. So like the second date was my parents coming up to Wiltshire to see Dave for the first time. So it moved really, really fast. So what we say in America is basically you guys did the first date and we have a term called courting. That is um, some people date with the intent of never being married but you guys, something had, had put a, a, a focus in your life. It seemed like you guys were what we call courting by the second date. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. I, I didn't wait to see her again. And I spent probably about 12 hours cleaning my house up because <laughs> I knew that her parents were coming as well. And you bought loads <laughs> of cheesecake and all Yeah, I, I did the good thing and bought her old man a big cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> and brownies for my mom. Yeah, and brownies for her mum, you know. So you, so another term we use is called woo. That's W O O. Yeah, woo, woo is it's kind of like yeah, it, it's a um, not a manipulative thing, but it's no. kind of a way that you kind of uh, win everybody over. Yeah. So it's, it's, woo- good, it's a good feeling. It's a giving thing, isn't it? It's it, it's a giving thing. So you wooed the parents, and and so you're here with the parents now. Uh, you're face to face with the father. Yeah. And and what is the first discussion between you and the father? Oh, crikey. Um, <laughs> Have you seen that advert on the telly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, right. I, I don't have a TV, right? I, I hate TV. Um, uh, basically, I haven't had a TV for about 20 odd years. So the first time that I think um, Ken said was something about some advert on TV. And I had no idea what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> My dad watches hours and hours of TV. He's probably sat there right now, like, watching the telly. Just... I'm more of a music man than a TV man. But... And that's understandable. I try to split time between both. Yeah. Now, Laura, you, you're here at Dave's house with your mother. Um, does your mother ever pull you to the side to say something to you? <laughs> No, she literally didn't. We before we even got in the house, she got out the car and she like turned around. She's like, whoa, like oh, like that. And it was raining. And, my mom, and Dave came out with an umbrella and she got out the car and just started hugging him. And I thought, yeah, she's fine. She's fine. It's really funny. So basically, after this date, let's go to date number five. What what happened on date five? Date five. This was about Christmas time. You asked me to move in with you. Oh, yeah. You asked me to move in with you because Dave came around to have Christmas Day with us, which I was so excited about. And, um, yeah, you you asked me. He wrapped up a key in a little box. like um, He wrapped it all up fancy, and he asked me to move in with him. Basically, 140 miles is, is too much. And R- I can- right. You know, so I, I I wanted her to move in with me so then I could be with her 24-7, well, apart from the work hours. But uh, I, I felt that it's difficult when you've got 140 miles, even a, a lot longer. People, you know, people go out with each other like 200, 300 miles apart, you know. It's really difficult. So the, the best thing I thought 
uh, I could do was like move her in to my home. <laughs> I understand that because because I'll uh, just a little tie in on me. Uh, my girlfriend, any woman I've dated, is usually I, I have a mile, mileage. It's eighty miles, so usually. 70, 77 miles is as far as I'm traveling because that's an hour and 15 minutes for me regardless <laughs> you know what you were doing that's that's a um that's almost a job you know if you mm-hmm. go if you go two days up and back yeah that's a job yeah all right so that's amazing so um we'll get in here to some of these uh hard-hitting questions um I like to tell my audience this um whenever you know we get get guests together and we uh play in these shows everything we do to a degree is unscripted and you guys can agree with that too, but yeah, there are sure. certain things that we kind of throw in there because th- there's always a selling point to, to any guest being on here. Um, so my major question that I want to ask you guys, so you guys, after the fifth date, we're going to say by the seventh date, you guys are moved in together. Um, so you're living together. What is the first thing that you dislike about each other? Ooh, well, Ooh. Uh, and don't start an argument later. <laughs> I love this question. Well, it there's nothing really that I I must admit there's nothing really I strongly dislike about Dave. No, no, I, I um, don't like. I, there's nothing know, I dislike about her either. There's nothing, there's nothing too major, really. You know, no, it's like little things, like you know, he snores sometimes, but so do I, and he takes the covers, <laughs> and then I do, and the usual yeah, things between couples. Usual, oh, so the usual major. things. No. <laughs> okay, so let me give you a scenario then. All right, so you're looking in the refrigerator. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, over here we call it soda and pop, you know, Dr. Pepper, Pepsi, whatever, or whatever you drink over there, You're uh, if you're drinking water. So you both have two brands of water you, that you drink. It's inside the refrigerator. Dave drinks your water. Um, what happens to Dave? Does Dave get in trouble for drinking your water, or do you just drink Dave's water and keep getting up? I don't think you'd ever do that. We share everything. So I don't think that would even be a scenario. Like Dave shares everything with me and I, I share everything with Dave, like that I have, the little that I have. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, say we, that would We happen. share everything anyway. Yeah. So. All right, so, so y'all are equal. I like that. Because in my household, uh, there's a cookie called an Oreo. Whoa. And this Oreo, it's a double stuffed cookie. And, um, you know, you dip it in milk or whatever. But if there's yeah. only four left in there. Those four cookies are mine. <laughs> um, you, you know, there no one's going to get them, and you know, and even with a candy bar or something to that extent, or anything. Um, another thing, like uh, we have a alfalfa grass. I don't know if y'all have that over there, but uh, it's something that we tie into our salads. If there's no alfalfa grass, there's no salad. You know, so kind of, this kind of things uh, happen for me over here. So, um, since television has cut out the equation, there's a lot of book reading. There's a lot of artistry going on because if you're listening to music and you're writing and doing all these things um how do you guys keep up with the outside world with i mean obviously i know that you have a computer and things like that you're able to get on the internet between the mobile phones and all that other stuff but how do y'all keep up with the day-to-day news in your town do you read the newspaper no we don't i don't i don't like buy newspapers either because of the, the the trees you know right um I I haven't bought a newspaper for about twenty years either. Um, I don't. I really don't like the media, um, the papers. You know, um, they put in a lot of um, uh, you know things that I just don't want to know about. 
I sang in a political band for like uh, 15, 16 years. So I don't want to know politics anymore. I've, I've, right. I've been basically following politics since I was like 15. So that's like, you know, 35 years of following politics. I've had enough of it. So um, I'm quite happy not buying a newspaper, not having a TV and listening to the moaning fucking newscasters um, <laughs> going on about doom and gloom. Mind you, my mum phones every day. She FaceTimes me every day, bless her, yeah, multiple uh, times. And she goes, have you seen the news? And I'll go, no, and she'll repeat it and let us know. I, so. I generally check out uh, Google News, you know, and, yes. and just, like short stories and that um, and, and only follow things that I'm quite interested in. And I and I appreciate that because, like I said, you know, I never uh, deal into politics or anything on the podcast or anything, but I do like that because I, I like y'all's approach there, you know, um, and, and not watching TV because, like, like you said, things get so sided that uh, with people, you know, people only let you hear what you want to hear. So, um, you guys, you're living together once again. You're sitting on your sofa. It's uh, six o'clock uh, your time. What are you doing at six o'clock? Um, depends. Six. I mean, I, I I work three days a week, and I I am um, I'm the state manager of a thirty acre private estate. And oh wow, I'm, I'm pretty knackered by the time I get back after a twenty four mile drive. So um, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, Laura's cooked for me, and and I'm quite lucky to go home and. You know, she, she there's about another half an hour to, to, to we eat. So we're probably eating uh, or just eaten about six o'clock. Okay. Now Laura, how do you how do you and Dave handle being social media influencers? Um, I'm gonna tell you a story about you two that involves me with you guys. Um, as soon as we started talking about doing the show and we had set a date, you started going out here promoting um, you know, me and the other uh, episodes that you guys are on, um, which is very rare because I will say this to you and I commend both of you on this. Um, it's very hard to find a guest that's actually going to promote before the broadcast has already been made. Um, so once you did that, I shared it on my page. Then it was shared again by one of my other fellow podcasters and shared again. So how does it feel to be a social media influencer? Oh gosh, I wouldn't call us that, but I'll take the huge compliment. Yeah, we're very, very small and we're growing. Yeah, it's I think, early days. I think for me, I've really learned from the best of the best. And I, I say that with the highest degree. Like I've made friends that are also in age gap relationships that are big YouTubers. Um, I've made friends with Harriet Rose, official, who used to be on Family Fizz. Um, she lives in Norwich, Norfolk, and um, her and her partner, Mickey, are together their age gap. I've made friends with Eileen, D. Um, D Freese and her beautiful wife Julia Zelg. Um, they're a married age gap couple and I've learned things from them as well and then Mindy and Larry out in Orlando I've learned from them so I I look up to them and I think you know I want to I want to be like that I want to support fellow creators because that's exactly what they do constantly and um, yeah it's just I believe that if someone's going to give you an opportunity like like you today you've given us this opportunity then the least I can do is repost share really market so we get as many people watching and listening and whatever is possible and you know I'm really really big believer in helping fellow creators because that's how we all grow you know we got to all grow together so we all succeed yeah. word 
and I and I do really appreciate that from both of you guys. So now we're going to get into this uh, question that I talked to you guys about earlier. Um, and this is from my audience. This is just a little spiel I do for them. Um, there was a TV show in America that's really, really big on Friday nights. It's called 2020. It's our news magazine. Now, when I call this a news magazine, it's not like uh, your national news. It'll be like a, a, a something that happens in the nation that's odd. So there were three people on this show. There was a man named John Stossel. He was the comedian. He had a, a little bit on there. There was a lady named Diane Sawyer and a famous, famous lady that everyone knows, Barbara Walters. So Barbara Walters had these hard-hitting questions. She had a question that defined that episode or that, that uh, documentary or whatever she was a part of. So here is our hard-hitting question. Um, and we had a, quite a few, but you've answered them all around. In society, where does this age gap play a factor when you go out into the world? Oh, goodness. Again, it depends where we are and what the situation is. Um, me and Dave have become very hard skinned to it. Um, Dave was more so than I have, and he sort of taught me to just don't care what anybody else, you know, because in the beginning, it's like when we post photos online, the online trolling and the hate comments were really, really bad to start with. And now I've just learned to delete and block and just move on. And it's the same when we go outside, like we see people stare at us. We see people, like I've mentioned in the book, like pointing, looking at us, saying things, maybe even assuming things. You know, and I just, I, I take no notice now. I just walk straight past. I'm happy. I don't care what, you know, some stranger is going to say. I'm probably not going to see that person ever again. So why should I let it affect me and my mental health and my love for Dave? It shouldn't affect it. So I just carry on, um, you know, do whatever we're doing. We, we've been quite fortunate. We haven't been in any big, like, um, situations where it's been really bad. But we do get stares. And, you know, I just think that's, that's a shame, you know, people, it's the whole, I shouldn't say it really, but I guess it is, it's just being small minded and a little bit ignorant to what love is. And maybe people don't understand what love can be. And, and I agree with that. Yeah. And what about, what's your take, Dave? Well, um, to the haters uh, and to the people that really don't understand, um, maybe not their fault, maybe they weren't taught by their parents how to appreciate everyone and live and let live, you know, um, maybe it's a parental thing, um, but it, you know, it does come from all ages. So, you know, um, grow, growing up in the punk world, I've, I, I got, I've been going through a lot of, uh, abuse and verbal abuse from different sets of people. So I've, I've grown up with it and just turned a blind eye and, and learned to sort of shield myself um uh, and you know what we used to do when we first got together and we were in the supermarket and if we saw anyone looking we, we you know we kiss each other you know what i mean just right. <laughs> the, the element of surprise you know give them something to look at like yeah give them scary. something to look at you know or I, she'd hold my bottom like <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, um yeah i think you just learn to just uh you know i can't be bothered to sort of like go with the negative people you know if they think what they want you know where we're happy so, so yeah, yeah. And, and you guys you guys follow suit on something that that we do here in america it's called the three f's um if they're not providing any of the three f's 
Um, we'll talk about that after the show. But okay. the three Fs, <laughs> if you're not doing any of the three Fs, you have no opinion in my life. Um, and, and, I, and I'm glad that you guys had that mindset because so many people need to hear this. So many people, like th- this is the thing that, that makes podcasting amazing for me. And I want to thank y'all for this moment because right there, you guys just took a stigma and just throw it out the window. No care. And that's what we need more people to be like hey. in the world. And, and, and it's so many people that don't have the fortitude and a lot of people, you know, and I hate to say it, some people have to be led by example and you guys are an example. So I want to commend you guys on that. Um, so now we're getting into a part of the show um, that I do with everyone. Um, I need both of you guys to tell me about a secret or a hidden talent that nobody knows about you. Um, I, one of my shows, uh, I had this rapper on there from New York City. He is uh, doing big numbers for his genre of music. But this young man can take in a Rubik's Cube and he can solve it in 30 to 40 seconds. That's pretty good. And to myself, I'm like, with that kind of brain power, you know, I could solve some type of world issue, you know. And, and I'm saying that in, in the flattering sense. But, you know, how does he have that kind of brain power for that? You know, that to me, that's an engineering mind, you know. Um, so if you guys wouldn't mind, could you tell me about your hidden talent or a secret that no one knows about you? Oh, <laughs> oh, that's, a, oh that's, a, that's a really interesting I question. I've got to think about this, but I want to still... Yeah, you've made us think now. All right, uh, so then while y'all think, I'll do a little talking. Okay, um, with these hidden talents and secret talents, uh, it's amazing um, what I found with people. You two are um, storytellers because you both have stories. Uh, I don't know if you guys do any type of artwork, but obviously there's artistry in writing. So there is a hidden cork or something. Either you you slap two rubber bands together, you take paper clips and uh, do. Okay. Um, As you mentioned, artists, um, I used to do a lot of drawing and I, uh, I I don't, it's it's no secret, but um, I used to paint like leather jackets for the bikers around here, yeah, and and whatever they wanted on their on their bike jackets, and um, I I've learned to um, draw Celtic knotwork. I, I don't know if you know what that is. Yes, I know what that is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I used to do a lot of Celtic knotwork, um, which is I can't do it so much now because my, I, I need glasses and it takes a hell of a lot of concentration um, and and eye contact with whatever you're drawing, but. Yeah, I've, I've, um, that's that's my little secret, I suppose. You know, okay. I used to do a lot of art, but not no more. I, um, I was I got into writing lyrics um, uh, for a good 14, 15 years. So, okay, looking at um, a shelf on the shelf, the drawing. All right, all right. So, Laura, Dave gave you enough time to tell us your secret or hidden down. I honestly can't think of a hidden talent apart from the fact that I can fold my legs up and walk on my knees. I can do that. Um, I can do that. Not everybody Um, can do that. But I think, I think like my secret, 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 I, I, I told Dave briefly about it, but I don't think he knows the extent. So when I was a kid, when like pop idol was on, which is like, I guess it's like your X factor or whatever. Okay, yeah. I had this massive crush on, bearing in mind, I must have been about 10, right, 11, don't come for me, people. I must have been (laughs) about that young. And there was this singer, right, and it was Gareth Gates. I don't know if you've heard of him. 
and he was this singer and he auditioned and he was up against Will Young and they had to sing this song Evergreen and anyway Will Young won and Gareth Gates didn't and he disappeared for a while so in my I had this massive crush on him I really did anyway it got to the point where my mum was like looking to see if he was performing live again so anyway he did and um, my mum took me with my auntie to go and see him live as well as like seeing Chico and I just like I had this massive crush on him and there was this lady stood ne um sat next to us and she took me up like out of my chair like she's that because you could walk up to like see the stage okay and I just started crying and I just got on the floor I couldn't move so I think that's my little secret is that I was so in love with Gareth Gates that I couldn't even look him in the eye. So you froze. Okay. I'm over him now. I'm so over him. But at the time when you're 10 and like, I think I was about 12, maybe. No, I think I was 14 when I saw him live. Oh, it just, I was, that was it. I could die like that day I was made back then, but I'm so over him now. Okay, so okay. <laughs> But yeah. I, so that's a good one. I appreciate y'all on that one. And um, now. I'm well embarrassed now, I am. <laughs> it's all right. But it's one of those good things. It's one of those good things. You express it to the world, and now the world knows. My rep's just gone. Yeah. Out, out the window. Okay, so guys, one thing that I didn't get to uh, go too deep into, this uh, the series that you have on IGTV, Dave. Uh-huh. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Chatterbox. Uh, the last two that I've done, and I, this is a new thing for me. Uh, okay. And it's basically going through my record collection and choosing uh, like a list of like my top 50 albums or my top 50 singles and then doing a Spotify list so everyone can listen to them. Uh, the next one's going to be uh, my autograph collection. Um, which I've, I've, I haven't got a lot, but you know, uh, I have collected a few over the last years. Um, okay. And that'll be the next one. And, and yeah, I'm getting really into it now. I'm not so nervous. I, I was quite nervous on my first IGTV um, sort of judder box. And, and uh, I, I hopefully this autograph one I can do it ad lib. <laughs> all right, all right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Now, guys, um, on a podcast, this is what happens. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever broken down to you. I have a, a set of listeners that always listens Then I have unique listeners. They're the ones that come from you, come from me. They come from different parts of the advertisement portion. So when you have unique listeners, they skip through the episode into different spots. Because obviously this one's going to be a fairly lengthy one because uh, you guys are so entertaining. Uh, so, so the thing uh, that I need you guys to do real quick for me, can I get both of you guys to plug once again uh, where people can find you? Uh, about the novel and about the store, just because I have some people that might just, you know, they might skip all the way through to the last portion of it. Oh, thank you. And, uh, and um, I always like to, you know, because we did it one one time at the beginning, one time in the middle, and now we're getting towards the end. Um, could you guys plug everything once again so that the audience will know how to reach you guys, how to um, become part of your culture? Yeah, of course. 
So the big one at the moment is our Instagram, which is at lauramarie.davidoliver. That's at lauramarie.davidoliver. We are also doing IGTV series now called Juddabox, which Dave is doing. I will be making an appearance at some point too, but it's mostly Dave's show. Um, new episodes go out on the 25th of each month. That's over on our profile too. My romance novel, Everlong, about our love story, about our 29-year age gap relationship, comes out February 14th, 2021. Pre-order link will go up in January. That will be on, available on Amazon and Kindle. We also have two eBay shops, Laura Marie with two eyes. David is David Oliver 2019. We sell clothes, music memorabilia, vinyls, you name it, it's on there. We also have our Discog shop, which is at Laura Marie and David Oliver. We sell cassettes, um, vinyl, cassettes, um, what else, CDs, all sorts are on there. All links are available on our Linktree account on our Instagram at lauramarie.davidoliver. Okay, okay. <laughs> Man, that was a lot. You have that, that pitch right there for it. Um, <laughs> So guys, I, um, I want to thank you guys for coming on West Virginia and Commonplace. Um, being my, my second, but technically you're my first major international guest. Woo! Yay! We're honored. <laughs> and, and I hope in the future to have you guys back because like I said, you have a book coming out. And uh, just like with your IGTV series, Dave, these things pick up momentum. And, you, you know, the, the good thing that I, I like about this is it's kind of like we're doing radio, you know. Yeah. We are doing technically radio. So um, you always have things that you can come back to. Um, just like I said, your two ventures that you guys have going on in the IGTV will pick up. Um, so here is my serious question for you guys. And um, I, I always do this to everybody at the very end of the show. Um, how come you guys don't have a podcast? Oh, now that's a good question. To be honest, um, I've never thought about starting a podcast, but what I will say is um, I gave this a little bit away on my one yesterday with Christian, um, but I am going to tell you guys again, um, if you weren't on that one, I am thinking of starting um, maybe next year when all this COVID stuff's died down, me and Dave have both decided we want to do an age gap couple meetup because you have it out in the States but there's nothing in the UK like that. So we really want to do an age gap couple meetup with interracial couples, age gap, LGBTQ plus community, everything, and make it like a huge pride event with um, age gap couples. Okay. Yeah, we'd love to do that. But no, we don't have a podcast. What about We've you, Dave? About Dave, how come you don't have a podcast? You're a music man. Um... Well, I, I actually, we have been thinking, because uh, I do... I still mix on the decks and um, I mean, there, there is live streaming. A lot of DJs are live streaming at the moment. So um, I've opted to do the IGTV first um, because there are so many live streams going on, but uh, I would like to record my mixing, um, you know, one, one time, maybe in the future. All right, well, we'll definitely leave that to you guys. Um, think about this. You both have chemistry, and I always tell people this. You're a duo. Duos on a podcast sell because you feed off of each other. Uh, we can never sense the energy because I'm not there, but you can just hear the camaraderie in your voices and how you play off of each other. That's something that could be amazing, you know, in a podcast. So well, I want we you guys... We can do it without you. Uh, three is also a special number, and it does take, you know, um, the help of you to, to, to like, help us. 
and uh, us to help you. So it it works as a good uh, threesome if you see what I mean. Okay, so so you think <laughs> so look, I like that that was, that was a good swerve to make it to do a trio. I like that one. Trio, that's you... a better word. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, once again, uh, and I tell my audience, I, I do love uh, the vernacular, the way that you guys speak and, and all that stuff. So that, that amazes me. So um, at the very end of the show, I always ask my guests to give a shout out. There was somebody in your, your life, there were tons of people in your life, or there could have just been one person maybe that uh, kind of built you, kind of helped you become who you are. So who do you two want to give your shout outs to, parents or whoever? Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, I could be here for hours. I think uh, um, on top of everybody, um, you know, I'd have to shout out my mom and my auntie. Um, my auntie is currently um, got dementia and Alzheimer's and she is still the most beautiful soul I ever know. And I've got the greatest mom, Carol. Um, so they're both absolutely amazing and have encouraged me throughout my whole life and I owe everything to them. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. I love my auntie and I love my mom and, you know, you can get to any age, but always say it. I see so many teenagers disrespecting their parents and things. Always tell your mom and your auntie and everybody that you love them because you never know. You never know. Um, okay. I'll give a shout out to all the alternative people out there. Um people that are slightly different than than the norm as they say okay uh, and a, and a big shout out to uh the london acid techno crew and also all the punks and uh yeah all the alternative people out there that are doing their bit oh and our youtuber friends and julia our, eileen and... harriet mickey mindy larry we love you thank you so much for everything and h, uh, and h no, yeah h oh h3 as H well h3 we, we love, love h3. h3 you know ethan healer you know yeah. we love them yeah okay love the frenemies podcast too with trisha like i love that yeah, yeah always we love to um include everybody um so that's pretty amazing and once again i want to thank you guys for being on west virginia and commonplace um, in the near future, I'd like to have you guys back on for the book and whatever goes on with the IGTV. <laughs> Excuse me. And hopefully your podcast will start by then. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. Let's do it. Let's All do right. It. Thank you Let's once again. Okay. Oh, bless you Take for having care. us on. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you ever so much. It's been lovely. Lovely meeting you and talking to you and listening to you. All right. Thank you.